0: Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. Well, today we're going to go right back into the book of Matthew. book of Matthew, the 14th chapter. And we're going to continue in the subject entitled, Overwhelmed. Last week we began that subject. And today we're going to continue in that same series, that same flow. So if you haven't heard part one, make sure you get it today before you go. Or just simply go online. If you have an online connection at home, go to kingdomrock.org and uh, click on the pastor page there and you'll be able to uh, hear more. Overwhelmed. That was overwhelmed part one. Today we'll be looking in overwhelmed part number two. And we're going to read here uh, the book of Matthew, the 14th chapter, and there are a number of things that we're going to see today. I'm going to read verses 22 on down to verse number 33 so that we can get some things in our hearing and just remember. Are you set? Yeah. Got your tray tables in the upright position? Uh, please observe the no smoking signs. Fashion your seatbelt. Because we're about to taxi down the runway In a few moments it's going to get a little bumpy, but don't worry. We're going to make it there. Amen. The stewardesses are posted in the back. Don't they look handsome? <laughs> All right, here we go. Matthew 14, verse number 22. And it says, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up into a mountain apart to pray and when evening evening was come he was there alone but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went unto them walking on the sea And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, uh, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, what? Save Save me. Say it with me. Save me. One more time. Save me. Save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Very powerful. Amen. Now, I'm going to turn your attention again uh, to verse number 27. We're going to start from here and go further on down. This is very powerful. Well, Let's start at uh, verse number 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear, verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Remember, as we said on last week, the disciples were seeing something now that they had never seen before. They're seeing someone walk on the water. They are seeing someone. Remember, we talked last week how the water or the waves were really um, emotions. We could see them as a type or picture of an emotional state of mankind and how the wind was the enemy blowing on us stirring up our emotions stirring up our feelings getting us in an emotional tizzy are you with me he's a master the enemy's been around a whole lot longer than you or i than all of our ages combined together he's been around been torturing people since adam and eve are you with me so he knows how to stir people up he knows how to stir men up uh, to go home and kill their families and kill themselves he knows how to stir mothers up to push their children over bridges and then jump over themselves. The enemy knows how to stir people up. He knows how to stir up mobs to go and run after people. Stir up people. I mean, in the, in the craziest ways. I remember when the whole Rodney King thing was <laughs> out, when I was over there in the AU Center, uh, they were saying, um, there were people were chanting, they were pushing over cars there. In the, uh, you know, in the AU Center over there in Atlanta, they were pushing over cars and yelling out, "Free Rodney King! Free Rodney King!" Or well, Rodney King wasn't even in jail, but <laughs> they were yelling, "Free Rodney King! Free! He wasn't in prison." But the people were stirred up. They were stirred up because they thought there had been some injustice. They were stirred up. So the enemy knows how to blow on you to stir you up. And most of the time is at the wrong time. All right. So we need to guard our emotions. You need to guard. You need to learn to guard your emotions. But that can only be accomplished through the spirit of God. Because flesh cannot calm down flesh. You can't fight fire with fire. Only thing you end up with is a what? A bigger fire. A bigger blaze. Only the spirit can calm you down. Hallelujah. Are you with me? All right. So we see here that uh, they had seen that the Bible says that they they saw Jesus, but they didn't recognize him because he was doing something that they had never done before. They had never seen anybody in perfect control of their emotions. They had never seen anyone, even though everybody around them here again, looking at the waves as an emotional state. You know, looking at the ways as an emotional state, even though everybody is around you is all emotional, is all afraid, is all worried. They're in chaos, but you maintain your calm, cool composure. They never seen that before. Are y'all still with me today? They never seen that. So they they saw the figure of Jesus, but they didn't recognize him. They saw him, but they did not recognize him because they never seen a man do this before. So he said, hey, it's me. Be not afraid. It's me. Shortly, you'll do this too. Hallelujah. See, because we don't need to be wrapped up in the fear of the world system. Right now the world system is in fear because of the, because of the economy, because of high gas, gas prices, high food prices, high this, high that. And there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. There's a, lot of, a whole lot of fear. People are being killed, shot, raped, robbed, all these other things. There's a lot of fear in this world system now. But God does not intend for us to be wrapped up in that fear because we are not like those that have no hope. We have hope in Christ. Are you with me? There's a difference. There's a difference. We know something that they don't know. We know someone that they don't know. Hallelujah. It's not so much in what you know, but it's in who you know. Now, come on and flow with me. We're going to go right into the deep depths of this. Or at least as deep we can get. I I find that the word of God is like like an onion. Boy, I'm telling you, the more you peel it, there goes another layer. There goes another layer. There goes another layer. No matter how many times I've ministered here before, God will always show something different. Because the word of God is alive. It is living. It is a living book. Are you with me? All right, so let's get into this. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Lord, if that is truly you. I want to learn as well how to control my emotions. I want to learn how not to be stirred up by the enemy, but walk on it and not sink in it. I want to learn that, Lord. I want to learn. I want to learn how not to allow the enemy to stir me up so much so that when I get stirred up, I won't go back to that same sin I, I normally do when I get upset. Amen. Amen. Help me, Lord, not to be stirred up like that. So if that's you, Jesus. Bid me come unto you because I I want relief. Now remember that the, sea, that the ship was in the middle of the sea there and it was tossed. The word tossed there means to be tormented. Look it up for yourself in the Greek. It means to be tormented. So they were actually tormented on the boat. They were tormented on the ship. So Peter wanted out of the torment. Praise the Lord. Out of the torment. Because listen, when we are stirred up emotionally, that, that is tormenting. It is tormenting when our emotions get out of control, whether we get afraid, extremely afraid, terrified that we can't speak, or whether we get so depressed that we don't want to go out anywhere. It's tormenting. Are you with me? So Peter said, I want to get out of this ship. I want to get out of this torment. If that's you, Lord, get me out of this torment. If that's you, get me out of this torture lord say it's me come come on isn't that wonderful he always provides a way of escape to get out of it praise god he always provides a way of escape let's read on this is wonderful this is wonderful i tell you if i I'm, I'm gonna pray lord give me some spiritual well i really don't need it i'm about to say this word is so good i could take some a1 sauce and and really just just eat it but the word of god is already seasoned enough i don't even need no a1 sauce hallelujah I'm telling you, it's good. I can just eat that thing, boy. It's good. It's good, Larry. I'm telling you, man. Calm down, Pastor. Calm down. All right. 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, what? He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he did what? Walk on the water to go to who? At this moment, Peter is focused. He is focused. Can you imagine this now? Catch the scene. The wind is boisterous. That means it is very strong. And we'll look at some definitions in just a moment. The wind is blowing very strong on the water. So the water is is beginning to rise and it's splashing against the ship. They're being tossed side to side. I mean, and the water is just coming, flash, splashing in their faces. They can't really see because it's blowing so much. And so they're all wet and in all this. And so Peter has to step over the side of the boat. Mm. And he feels something solid. Normally, you put your foot down in the water, you go down. Are you with me? But he feels something solid. Oh, buddy, he's he touches something solid one foot to the other foot. And this is true. The Bible says that he look at look at this. It says, uh, and Peter was come down out of the ship, uh, walked rather. He walked on the water to Jesus. So one step after the other step after the other step, he was walking to Jesus. He had a destination in mind. He had Jesus in view. He had Jesus in view. Are you with me? Hallelujah. We're going to look at some definitions here. This is so wonderful. Look at some definitions. Now, let's look at the next verse. It says, now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's what most of us can do. We can look at Jesus and we can start out with him for a while and everything goes right until. Everything goes right until. We're doing the impossible Until so we're going to look at this is not really I don't want to call it a failure as much as as much as it is it is a point of uh, illustration or as a teaching teaching us how to stay up and not to sink down in that emotional whirlpool. Are you with me today? We're going to look at some definitions. Verse 30. Write these down. It says, but when he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Verse 29, he's actually walking. He's actually doing the impossible. He is now defying the law of nature. Natural law. Peter, in verse 29, right? Verse 29, he is defying natural law. This is so powerful. He is in defiance of natural law. Natural law. Gravity. Gravity says... You put your foot on the water, you're going down. He is now doing the impossible. He is defying natural law. He is walking on the water to get to Jesus. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Hallelujah. So we can say he has the word of God in his view. And with that word in his view, as the word of God is his final destination, he is able to defy natural law right the financial the financial law define the odds no matter what it is no matter what the test result says the test result says you should die in six months but you're walking on the word of god as the word of god is your final destination you have the word in view and as long as you keep the word of god in view in focus you can continue to defy natural law that says you should be dead You know what's in your checking account. Hallelujah. You know there's no job. You know there's no money in view. Natural law says uh, you're going to be put out or this or that bad stuff is going to happen. But you have the word of God in view. You have heard from the Lord. And you're stepping out on a rhema word. Hallelujah. And as long as you keep the word of God in view, you're going to continue to defy natural law. You with me? you're going to defy it now Peter was not in denial that the wind was blowing he could still see the wind blowing he wasn't denying the effects of it upon the water he just was looking at something else oh somebody had to hear that had to hear that let's look at some definitions praise the Lord we don't deny that the bill is past due praise the Lord we're just looking at something else And looking at the something else causes us not to sink. Mm, Somebody's getting that today. I feel that. Thank you. Holy Ghost. Let me read verse 30 again. We're going to go do some definitions in verse 30 to help us. uh, We're going to to help us bring out the points here. You with me? We have to get some information before we can catch the revelation. Turn to Nathan. and tell him we're going to get some information before we can can catch the the revelation. All right. Verse 30 again, it says, and when he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now, first word here we're going to look at uh, is saw, S-A-W. We're also going to look at the word wind. We're also going to look at the word bolsterous. We're also going to look at the word afraid. We're also going to look at the word beginning. And the word sink. I might as well say the whole verse, Right. But this is powerful. The word saw here in the Greek actually means, and I love this, I love this. It does mean to turn the eyes to anything. It does mean to turn the eyes to. It does mean to look at. It means to gaze upon. But listen, it also means to turn the thoughts or direct the mind to a thing. To turn the thoughts or direct the mind to a thing. It means to consider to contemplate, uh, to weigh carefully, to examine. Hear those definitions. I like the first one. To turn the thoughts or direct the mind to a thing. Now, Peter stepped out of the boat, walking to Jesus. His thoughts were on the Lord. He was focused on the Lord. But when he got out there, a few steps into it, up the road he began to turn his thoughts or focus his mind on the situation. First, he was straight ahead. Then he began to look at other things. And when he turned his eyes or turned his attention to other things, to the situation that he was in, then he began to sink. Can you see what we're saying here today? remember he saw it he began to focus his mind he began began to examine began to contemplate his condition we could also say in modern day times if if peter was here today in the boat experience we could begin to say he began to look at his statement he began to look at the pile up of bills he began to consider how much money he needed and how much money he didn't have he began to consider the doctor report and he began to consider the x-rays, he began to consider the blood tests, he began to consider all of those things, began to meditate on that. First, he was focused on the Lord, focused on the goal. And as long as he was focused on the goal, focused on the word of God, he was able to define natural law. But the moment he began to focus on the situation that he was in. Boy, it's dark out here. Boy, that wind is really blowing. Boy, I'm going to drown. And then immediately, natural law came back into play. You see, the natural law of gravity was still around there when he was walking. It was just waiting to come in. Peter began to walk on a higher law, a spiritual law that superseded or went above natural law. Are you with me? You see, as born-again believers, we can walk in that spirit law. Hallelujah. When others are sinking, when others are losing this or are losing that, if we continue on the word of God, continue looking at Christ, we won't lose anything. Are you hearing me? Amen. Now, I'm not telling you because we're in the, in the thick of it that you won't lose a car, or lose a house. To lose really meaning, I'm not saying lose or as in you won't be you won't be foreclosed or something listing now or or being foreclosed on, or somebody somebody that uh, may lose a car. I'm not talking losses in permanence because everything that is lost in Christ is restored. Are you with me? I've seen it too many times when somebody quote unquote loses this but gets this bigger better thing. It's always better. Are you with me? So hear what I'm saying to you now, there are seasons, there are times that God will allow us to walk through a wilderness experience and he will strip things away from you. Praise the Lord. Now, that is truth. That's why you have to know what season you are in. Hallelujah. You have to know what season that you are in. All right. But catch what I'm saying here. As long as we are focused on the word of God, focus on what he has said to us focus on that rhema word, focus on that written word that we have today, we're going to do things that would define natural law. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Peter, when Peter saw, in other words, when he began to focus his attention, focus his mind on what was happening around him, he began to sink. Now, here's a question for you. When has any of us ever seen wind? Or seen air. No. We see the effects that it has on something else. Are you with me? Wind air is invisible. It's invisible. You can't see it. But we see what effect it has on other things. So the Bible says that when Peter saw the wind. When he saw the wind. Now you can't see something that is invisible. But we can see the effects that it's having. Now we know here again that the, was in, the enemy was in control of the was in control of the wind because we know the devil is the prince of the power of the air. We talked about that on the last time. So the enemy is influencing the circumstances. So when Peter saw the influence that the devil was having on his circumstances, when he saw the bad things pouring in and pushing things around. When he began to contemplate on all the bad and not the good that he was walking to, he began to sink. Are you with me? If you lose sight of your goal, you will begin to sink. If you lose focus, you'll begin to sink. Remember, Peter had a rhema word. He had a right now word. Come. And that word was enough to sustain him to get him from where he was to where he was going. But because he lost focus on the Lord... Because they lost focus on the word that was given unto him, he began to sink. Even financially, let's go back into the the finances. If we lose focus on what the Lord said, how he is our provider, how how the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. If we lose focus on even on Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse number 19, that says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. As we we lose focus on the scripture, as the Lord says in the book of John, the 10th chapter, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you may have life, how? More abundantly. As we know the word of God says, if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. We know that God says, or we know the promises of God, but if we lose focus on these things or what God has said, and begin to focus on the situation, we'll begin to sink. It's so easy for the body to do that. It's so easy when everything around you is in an emotional tizzy. Most I know a lot of people have begin to back up from the promises of God. They look away from the Lord and look to other things. They look away from the church, look away from them, from the, what is being said and think about something else. They begin to do something else. They they begin to consider, I need a third job. I need a fourth job. I need more money. I got to do this. I got to do that. We take our mind off of what God said, the life-giving word of God. We take our mind off that, and we begin to go into our own plans. We go into what's called survival mode. I got to do something to get me out of this shape I'm in. You see, but the word of God was all Peter needed to get to where he was, to, to where Jesus was, safely. But he messed up in that he stopped looking at the word, stopped focusing his mind on the word to start focusing his mind on something else. See, that's the battle that we're facing in. That's the battle that we're in now on, in this world system today. It's the battle, the biggest battlefield is in your mind. The biggest battlefield is in your mind. The enemy wants so much to get you to stop so he'll blow his wind harder on you. He'll make the ways come up faster on you to get you not to focus on the Lord Jesus. He doesn't want you to. He wants you to stop focusing on the word. What was spoken to you? He wants to get you to forget that and go into survival mode, because when we go into survival mode, we'll leave the church. We'll stop paying the tithe. We'll stop giving the offering. We'll stop this. I got to stop. 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 I got to keep all the money I can. I got to do that. What happened? We stop looking at the Lord and start looking at something else. And the only safety, only thing that would keep us up from drowning is the word that that was spoken to us. Are you with me? praise the lord i don't think we will get all of these today but let's look at the word afraid here the word afraid here reading the text again in verse 30 it says but when he saw the wind bolsterous he was afraid we're going to skip a few words for the day he was afraid the word afraid here means to put to flight by terrorizing or terrifying to be scared away it means to flee It comes from uh, the word, the Greek word here is uh, phobio. Of course, we get where we get our English word phobia from, to be afraid of. Uh, It is derived from those words that mean uh, to be startled by strange sights or occurrences. He was startled by something strange, by a strange sight or an occurrence. He was startled by it. He saw something. Possibly out of the corner of his eye that made him turn away, if just for a moment, from the Lord. Are you with me? What can you see today or what do people see today that will cause them, if just for a moment, to turn away from the Lord? different images we see on television will cause us for a moment to turn away. Different things that people say to us. If you keep doing this, I'm going to leave you. If you keep doing this, I'm going to do that. Cause us to turn away and get into a survival mode. Oh, I got to go and fix this. Excuse me, Lord. I got to fix this first. Then I'll be right back to you. But the moment you turn away from Christ, you sink. Because he's the only one that's been holding you up. Understand that. He's the only one that has been holding us up these years. He's the one who holds us up. So when we begin to neglect his word, neglect him, we have, we can do nothing but sink because natural law is waiting at the door, waiting to come in. Because you should have, your marriage should have been destroyed a long time ago. Your finances, you should have been in bankruptcy a long time ago. Are you with me? There are a lot of things that should have happened to you a long time ago, but did not because... He was holding you up. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So he began to be afraid or he began to get terrified. He began to run away. He began to flee. Now he was there physically, but his spirit man was fleeing, was running away because the danger was too real, was too hard. What he saw. Now there's nothing that he saw in Jesus that made him run away. But it was something that he saw out of the corner of his eye when he turned, something he began to see and consider that made him run away, made him lose sight of the Lord. All right, let's look at a few other things here. So he saw the wind bolsterous and be and was afraid and began to sink rather and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Beginning means simply the first part. We won't get into all the Greek definitions today, but it simply means the first part. So the first thing that happens when he saw something, when he began to meditate on it, when he began to meditate or think about or ponder on the bad news, immediately, boom, natural law comes in and it begins to sink. Think about what happens when you begin to meditate on bad things happening at work, when you begin to sit there and think about it. Think about what, med- what, what happens when you begin to sit at home and you think about how much money you owe, how much money you got to pay. Think about what happens to your mental state. You begin to sink. Depression comes in. And the word depression simply means to sink down. You become depressed, pushed down. Are you with me? So this is really, here again, a a battle that's in the mind. He's trying to push you away from seeking or standing on the word that God has given you. He wants to depress you in this society today. Today, he wants to depress you. He wants you to go under. Once he pulls you under in that emotional whirlpool, you will need someone else to come and pull you out. If you've ever been to that place when you've been so depressed, so agitated, you needed someone else to speak a word to you and pull you out. But the problem is, maybe there won't be anyone when you sink under, to pull you out. And it's been unfortunate that a lot of people have committed suicide because there was no one there to pull them out. A lot of people said, well, I didn't know he was like that. I didn't know she was like that. I didn't know. I didn't know. They were always smiling. But they couldn't see on the inside. They were sinking. Maybe because we're so wrapped up in our own stuff. And we cannot see what someone else is going through. I pray you hear me. Because gross darkness will cover this earth. And things will get worse before they get better. But that does not need to be uh, something that terrifies you, born-again believer. Because as the world gets darker, the church gets brighter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But as God gives you the wealth as he puts you in position to receiving wealth unless you understand this concept that we're talking about today you're going to be so afraid and you're going to run away from the place of blessing you get into survival mode and run off and here comes the Lord waiting to give you that he has to make it dark so that you will really shine he has to make it look bad so that you will look really good, so his power will really show up greatly on the inside of you. Are you with me? So he has to allow that to happen so that he can show up and really look good because Jesus is gonna be the hero. Hallelujah. Before he swoops in and swoops in and delivers you. So he has to make it look bad, or he has to allow it, should I say, that's the proper way. He has to allow it to be that way. And just, just as if, just when he's about to turn and give you the blessing, we've run off somewhere. Because we're so afraid we got in survival mode and we got to thinking, we got to do this, that, the other, this, 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 this. this. We have not heard a word from the Lord, but we got into survival mode and now we're out of place and we miss the blessing. So before you go running off, you need to make sure Ask him, Lord, what should I do? Because the word that he's given you is enough to hold you up where you are. I pray you hear me in this place today. Amen. The word that he has given you is enough to hold you up where you are. Don't worry about the wind. Don't worry about the effects that it's having on this situation. Because if it were not for the wind, the, the sea would be calm. I pray you're hearing today. So listen, I'm reading a few things the Lord gave me. He said, the wind was the influence of the enemy on the situation. When Peter looked at it, fear struck his heart and he could not take another step toward the Lord. There are some people that were really doing so well in church, really doing so well with the Lord. It's really doing so well in their church attendance and their giving, really doing so well. But then they saw something. And they can't take another step. They're frozen in their tracks. Frozen. And then when they freeze, they sink. They're doing so well. and Some of us know. I've seen people over the years. They come into church, they sit in the front, and then they sit a few rows back, and they sit in the back row, and then they're gone. Or they come, on, they come early, and after a while they come on time, and after a while they come five minutes late, and after a while they come 30 minutes late, and then after a while they're gone. Something began to back them up. Why? Because they saw something. It wasn't the Lord that they saw. They saw something else. Whether they saw their financial condition, whether they saw the state of their marriage, whether they saw the state of their job, they saw something that caused them to go into survival mode and back up and back up and take their lives under their own covering And decide I got to do what's best for me. And what's best for me is not honoring the word of God. That's what they say when they stop looking at Christ. Are you with me? Mm. But the word of God is the only thing that is holding us up. Listen, as long as he directed his mind on Jesus. His little faith, because the Lord says further down, we'll look at this. We've got to close shortly. As long as he directed his mind on Jesus, his little faith was working. He didn't need a lot of faith; he needed little. Let's go. Let's go down this read. He began to sing in the Lord's, and he said, Our "Lord, save me." Verse thirty-one. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, "O thou of what little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt?" He didn't need great faith to walk on the water to defy natural law. All he needed was little faith. Remember, the Lord said, if you had just a, a grain of a, a, a mustard seed, something the faith size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be moved. And it would go. All Peter had was a little faith. The Lord was telling us, telling us here today, in today's years, all he had, all Peter had was a little faith. And that little faith was, the, was enough to keep him afloat and enough to allow him to defy natural law. Just a little faith. But listen. He said, uh, O thou little faith, where, wherefore didst thou doubt? As long as he directed his mind on Jesus, his little faith was, was working. But when he directed his mind onto or uh, into the situation, the cold hard facts immediately began to confront him, and he began to sink. I'm telling you, the facts of the situation will confront you. The devil confronts you with facts. If he's going to confront you, he'll confront you with facts. Look at your paycheck. Look at what you got to pay. Look at the state of this. Look at the state of that. He confronts you with facts. You hear me? With things that are present, with things that are, that are really that are temporal. He confronts you with that. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Because the enemy can rule your sight. He can rule what you see. It can look bad, and when the enemy confronts you, he will confront you with the cold, hard facts. He will confront you with the cold reality of the situation. What the situation may say is, you're broke, you don't have enough, you're not going to make it. But what does God say? God says, I will give you an abundance, I will give you an overflow, your cup will run over. He'll tell you, goodness and mercy will follow you, just don't turn your back on me. You can't see God working in the invisible. But God is working in the invisible. But the enemy will try to turn your attention to what you can see to the visible. If you turn your attention to the visible, you're going to miss out on the invisible things that God is preparing for you. So many have been right on the edge of of a supernatural blessing. Right on the edge of it. And disqualified themselves because they ran off because of what they saw. I pray you're hearing this today because you're right on the edge when it gets in the, Brother Billy and I was talking about the other day. We're talking about the other day. When it gets the thickest, when it gets the strongest, when the wind really kicks up like there's no tomorrow, it's because the enemy is trying to take your sight off of something that the Lord has shown you. He's trying to get you to change your vision, change your sight. He's trying desperately to say, look over here, look over here, look over here, look over here. He's waving his hands. He's flashing lights. He's making buzzers go off, trying to get your focus off of Jesus and onto the other things. So many times he's trying to do that with me, sometimes successful. And I had to cry, Lord, save me. So many times he said, oh, nobody's coming to church today. Look, nobody's hearing the word of God. You might as well just sit down. Oh, look at them. They're all sleeping. They want to just go home. Oh, look at them. Nobody's hearing. You might as well just be quiet. Nobody, nobody's going to come today. Nobody's hearing. Be quiet. So many times the wind gets blowing. Whoosh and whoosh. But I got to keep my focus on the Lord upon what he said do. Hallelujah. This is the only way we're going to make it. Hallelujah. While living in a negative environment, you're going to need to step out and stay on his word. Are you with me? Turn your name to him. You got to stay on the word. It's the only thing that will save you. Listen, it's the only sure thing in this world today. It is the only sure thing. But often we forsake the sure thing for something that looks good. We got a bird in the hand, but we hear two birds in the bushes. We'll forsake the bird in the hand and try to get the two birds in the bushes. Those birds fly off and then we got nothing. The only sure thing you have is the word of God. My God. Cold hard facts will confront you. Two things we got to notice as we begin to close. When Peter, when Peter uh, got out of the boat, he wasn't saying to the natural law, gravity, you have no power over me. He wasn't saying that. But what he was saying is that he was looking and focused on something else, saying that Jesus had more power than gravity did. God has more power than the economy does. God's ability to give you abundance is more powerful than the enemy's ability to take something away. The Bible says that greater is he who is within us than he that is in the world. God is stronger than the devil. God's blessings are stronger than the devil's curses. I feel like I'm preaching to a bunch of cheerleaders today. Preaching to the choir. But I'm sure you understand what we're saying today. The Father is stronger. His word is stronger. And the invisible things that God has prepared for you Are stronger than the things that you can see. Are you with me? Listen. He was going to succeed. Rather he was not going to succeed. And he didn't succeed. Because he had momentary faith. He had a faith lapse. If he had continued. He would have gotten to the Lord. The Lord asked him a question here wherefore didst thou doubt or in other words why did you doubt you were doing good why did you doubt in other words Peter you had a choice man why did you choose to look over there and not at me why did you doubt why did you start doubting my ability to hold you up even though the situation looked bad why did you doubt me Why did you choose to doubt me? Y'all with me today? The only time you're going to sink is when you choose to doubt him. When you choose, doubt is a choice. You have to choose. You have to choose. As long as you stand on the word of God, as long as you continue therein, you're going to have success. But it's going to be a fight to continue to stand on his word in a negative environment. Kingdom living, and we talked about this yesterday, kingdom living requires kingdom fighting. You're going to have to learn to fight. You're going to have to learn to take authority over the enemy and over the circumstances. Because understand that there's another, another case when the disciples were, when the Lord Jesus was with the disciples on the boat, he was asleep and the old wind kicked up again. Jesus got up and said, Peace be still. He spoke to the environment. He told the wind, be quiet. Stop all that foolishness. And what happened? It ceased. The enemy was really blowing on the water again, really trying to whip people up into an emotional frenzy. But Jesus got up and exercised his authority. And it stopped the wind. Are you with me? We're going to have to learn to do that kingdom living is going to require kingdom fighting you're going to have to learn to take authority over the enemy take authority over the situation take authority because you have authority through christ to see this thing finished are you with me five more minutes can you give me five we're going to have to continue in this the bible says that you can write these down the bible says in the book of james the first chapter verse 25 james 1:25. it says but whoso Uh, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. You're not going to get to the end just by starting. You're going to have to continue in it. You're going to have to continue in it. Just because you got saved today doesn't mean you're going to make it there tomorrow. You've got to continue in your salvation. Continue in what you believe. Are you with me? Joshua 1, 8, the Lord says here, this book of the law shall not uh, depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night, uh, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. In the NIV, James, the first chapter, uh, verse number 7, it says, uh, that man should not think that he shall receive, that he will receive anything of the Lord. Uh, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The man that is double-minded, the man that sees double, will not receive anything of the Lord. So we got to continue. It's going to be a fight for you, but continue in it. The Bible declares also in the book of John, the 8th chapter, uh, verse number 31, the Lord said, "If if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Shall make you free. we got to continue in it now. It's going to be a fight. And one of the major enemies you'll have to fight is the spirit of laziness. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like confessing the word. I don't feel like it. Getting lazy. And what happens when we get lazy? We take our eyes off the word. And who's waiting to come in? Natural law. Because you were supposed to be behind that bill six months ago. Hallelujah. Understand that? There are several things that God is holding back or holding underneath your feet. But if we neglect him, is it God pushing us under? No. Is it God that calls us to come upon us? Absolutely not. But what is happening? We neglected the bridge. We neglected the answer. And then the floor that we're standing on begins to slowly go away and we begin to sink under. See, we only have success as long as we stay on the word of God. Next time we speak, Lord willing, we'll tell you you how to increase your faith, how to continue to walk in the faith. Because when you're in a negative environment, the environment tries its best to contaminate your faith. And if the environment can contaminate your faith, it will drain your faith. You may start off with a little faith, but you get to focusing on the environment and that little that you got will drain away to nothing. But we need to learn how to build our faith, to make our faith stronger, to have what's called great faith. Once we have great faith, if we look over to the sign for a moment, it begins to pull away. But if we look back, remember, all we need is little to make it. If we start out with great and the environment pulls on the faith and we look back to the Lord, well, we can still stand it just for a moment longer because we start off with great faith. Are you with me? So we better, we better really plan, uh, expect the best, but plan for the worst. It's best to start out with great faith when you walk out. In other words, we're going to have to consider the word, and we'll talk about that more time. Next time, we're done. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org.